everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every so often, I just get tickled over a beach read, a fun, kicky romance or women's fiction that just makes me giggle and smile. Um, of course, not all the story is not all laughs. The stories are, you know, filled with emotion. And by the way, those of you who poo-poo romance, you have to remember that romance drives the market. And it's every bit as difficult to write as any other type of book, I want to remind you. So I'm thrilled, though, to welcome to the show today, USA Today bestselling author Jenny Holiday. She was born with a book in her hand, I swear. Her mom was a children's librarian, so she always had something really fun to read, and I bet we're going to find out she read way out of her age group as well. But one thing I love that she told me about that she used to do as a kid was was take all of her jump ropes, tied them together, and slipped a bag uh, on the um, on the jump ropes, and where she used to have haul her books up to a willow tree where she read every day. I think that was brilliant. Um, she also decided that in fourth grade she was going to start writing. She wrote almost uh, without a doubt every story had to have a happy ending. Um, and you know her biggest dream was her father and her sister getting killed off, which is her happy ever ending. I love that. Um, she wrote in diaries that she decorated with nail polish hearts. I remember doing those things. That's, that's you know, the childhood and teenage angst. Um, she also says the best job she ever had was promoting research at a major university, which allowed her to become an armchair astronomer, historian, and particle physicist, depending upon the day. Um, turns out it was hard, but she ended up being a fabulous writer of women's fiction and romance. I'm thrilled to welcome to Authors on the Air, Jenny Holiday. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. Hi, Pam. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. I, I loved The Mermaid Inn. I, I have to tell you, um, I, I downloaded it onto my Kindle and blew through it in an afternoon and thought, oh my gosh, this lady has such a great storytelling ability and such a sense of humor and wrote such a haughty male character that I definitely wanted to talk to you. Um, congratulations on great reviews. Thank you. Thank you. So you had to have been born with a book in your hand, in one hand, or a tablet and a, a piece of paper <laughs> and a pen in the other, because you've been writing pretty much all your whole life, haven't you? Um, well, fourth grade is really when it started. I had a fantastic, well, I mean, I guess the reading obviously started younger than that. My mother right. was a school librarian, so um, she was always bringing books home, and she would cart us to the public library. And she, because she worked at a school, she didn't um, work in the summer. Neither did my dad. He was a teacher. So there was a lot of reading in the summer. And yet you're right, the willow tree kind of looms large in my memory. Um, but the writing started in grade four because I had a fantastic teacher who um, gave everybody their own little notebook and said, write stories. And I I can't really remember. I'm sure we had prompts and things like that. But we... We were. I was cranking out the short stories, and as you said, they were, they were, they had happy endings, but they were sort of tacked on because I wrote almost exclusively 
kind of, I guess you'd call it horror, like science fiction <laughs> horror. There was always um, alien invasions and axe murderers. I'm sure that there's some like psychological thing that I was working out in my little grade four mind, but it always <laughs> ended with um, kind of like the Bob Newhart show. Remember it? It, it ended right, with the main right. character waking up and then realizing it was all a dream. It was all a dream. That's yeah. so fun. But then you, you went on to, to college and um, did not think about creative writing, or did you? I did not. Um, I, and no, nobody's told me this, but I somehow got the idea in my head that it wasn't practical to major in English, which is what I thought that I wanted to major in. Um, I did that to myself. I don't really regret it, but... Um, Clearly, there are careers to be had if you're an English major. Um, but no, I went on a big detour that for years where I didn't write anything. I, kept, I read. I was always a, a big reader, but I didn't write for years. So instead of be, getting an English degree, you got your Ph.D. in urban geography. Now, I don't know. I mean, I love geography, but I don't know what urban geography is. Can you tell me what that means? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, it's just the study of cities, people in cities, <clears throat> landscapes, how people make sense of the places that they live in, that kind of stuff. Really? I'm mm-hmm. from Miami. I was born and raised there. I've never made sense of, of that city. <laughs> you know, I, I had to move to, to southwest Florida for me to kind of get a grip on my city. So, um, but you also, you were promoting research at a university, so you got to pick up bits and pieces of everything, right? Right. So I got to the end of my graduate studies, and I kind of, I mean, I'm, I say this flippantly, but I kind of realized that I didn't really like doing research, which sounds like kind of a dumb thing to realize that late in the game. But the pieces of it that I liked were writing and sort of thinking about how to craft a narrative. And I had always had this, uh, so I did pick up writing again as a job to make money in college. Mm -hmm. I did various gigs. um, And toward the end, I realized, and again, this in retrospect, this sounds like it should have been obvious, but I realized that um, you could, people would pay you to write things. I'm not talking about books here. I'm talking about like in a sort of corporate sense. It was considered a sort of specialized skill. So I'd always known about journalism, but I wasn't interested in journalism. But I didn't realize that there was this whole world of um, corporations and nonprofits that hired writers. Um, I just always thought writing was something that people, everybody did. That it, it would, I didn't imagine it hived off as its own job. Um, so that was wow. a bit of a revelation. Wow. So then I jumped, I sort of jumped to the writing thing as my main thing. And yeah, my, my, um, favorite job in that regard was definitely a long, I did it for 10 years, a gig um, doing research communications for the University of Toronto, where I um, got basically got to hang out with cool researchers, find out what they were doing, and try to write about it in a way that would make sense for normal people. So it was, it was, really, it was a really good time. So one day I'm going to call you and ask you to explain particle physics, because... Um, <laughs> Or anything quantum, so you know that I don't understand. I I I asked the hive mind in Facebook one day to explain quantum physics or mechanics and all. Everybody had a different answer, but there were a hundred different answers, so it was a lot of fun. You know, I yeah, still don't know what it is. Yeah, that stuff was always <laughs> the hardest. The physics was always the hardest. Um, I I just gave up on it after a while. So what 
did you decide to do about writing romance? I um, did not come to romance until later. Uh, you hear stories of people who stole their romance novels from their mom or their grandma. That was not me. Um, pe- my mom was not a romance reader, didn't have any romance readers in my family. Um, so I, and you know, I, I must have known it existed, but I just really honestly didn't pick up a romance novel um, until I was probably in my early 30s. I was a big fan hmm. of Jane Austen, um, but I didn't know that there was um, historical romance, or I don't know, it, it, didn't, it hadn't registered with me somehow. Um, and the first book I ever read, the first romance novel, the first proper romance novel I ever read, I can't remember the title of, um, and I wouldn't name check it anyway, because um, the, it, it, was, it was not a great book. It was not very oh, well written. Oh, Somebody had given it to me um, because the heroine shared some uncanny similarities with me, like it was a little bit freaky. And she, it was given to me as a joke. So I read it. I thought, this book isn't very good. Yet I kept turning the pages. So I, and I, I have no qualms DNFing, not finishing a book. Like I have you, no time for you books that don't grab me. So it was kind of interesting in retrospect that I kept reading. So there was something about it, um, and it prompted me to go to the library. And at the time, my library system, um, and some of them still do this, they don't catalog individual romances. They're on those, like, spinny racks. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes, absolutely. And they, they have I remember a, those. They have, a, um, a, like, a barcode thing, but it doesn't, it just says, you know, mass market romance or something. It doesn't click to the title. So I right. went to my local library and I spun the thing and discovered initially Harlequin historicals, which to me was a huge revelation that, that I was getting sort of that Jane Austen fix, but um, more of it. And I just, and I read them all. And because you couldn't put these books on hold because they weren't cataloged by titles, I then went to the next closest branch and read everything they had and kind of worked my way out. Um, and eventually somehow made the jump to contemporary, which at the time didn't, I didn't think was ever going to interest me. So it's kind of funny that I, that's how I made, make my living now. That's right. Well, you have a little bit of quirk in your books. I, I've read a couple of them now, and so I'm having fun with it. I read um, uh, the, um, geez, it's lost, I've, I've lost my mind, the, um, Brides, Once Upon a Bridesmaid, is that right? Uh, well, this, the, yeah, the series is called Bridesmaids Behaving Badly. And there's right, a, Once there's Upon a, a Bride, yeah. That's the, yeah. Yes, that's the prequel novella to that series. It was really cute. I liked it a lot. You have a, just a really good sense of humor, and it shows up in your books. So you. um, you're welcome. Um, now, are you ever going to write outside of You'll probably stay there. I think so. I feel like right now there's this kind of trend for people to move toward women's fiction or I, a lot of sort of acquaintances of mine are writing thrillers now. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess never say never, but I, you know, contemporary romance is just what I like and what I read and just where I like to be. Has your degree helped you at all with your writing in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> um, no. I, I'm going to no. say no. I'm going to say no. Except that I feel like, you know how you're, you're the sum of your life experiences just kind of 
makes you who you are. Absolutely. That sounds a little cheesy, but, you know, I think, I think, I do think that that job led me directly to my kind of long career as a writer, like not a fiction writer, but a professional writer. And it was uh-huh. during that job that I learned a lot of habits um, and I learned a lot about editing and I learned a lot about sort of discipline that have helped me in this job. So I can sort of see a through line, but it's not necessarily because of that particular degree. Right, right. Um, when you're writing, are you comfortable like sitting in a coffee shop or with a lot of noise around? Of course, you have a 10 year old, so I yeah. shouldn't, I, I should probably assume you're used to having noise around you, but do you prefer a um, quiet space? Yeah, I prefer okay. quiet, but I can write anywhere. I, I, uh, you know, I've been writing since he was little, and I, what, I, I joke that one of my books, when I was still working full time, I would write in chunks after work when he got home from daycare, and we would watch Paw Patrol. I don't know if you know that show; it's a kids' show. Yes, yes. Um, and I would, I wrote an, almost an entire book in front of Paw Patrol, so I can write wow. anywhere. But I prefer wow. quiet. That's amazing, though. I mean, to but, you know, to, again, it goes back to the job. I I spent a lot of years in sort of like a newsroom type environment where people are yelling over you, and there's there's um, cubicles where everyone's mushed together. So you just kind of learn to to do it. Of all the books you've written, do you have a favorite? Um, I I do, and it's actually not out yet. It's coming out in July. The next book in the series that you that we that has just started with mermaid in book two is called paradise cove um it's coming yes. out in july yeah. and that's my favorite and it's not just because it's the next book it it's it's i don't have this kind of love for all my books but i love that book tell me why see i knew you were going to ask <laughs> that and i don't really have a good reason um you know i find to me writing a sort of half logical and half mystical like there's certain okay things okay. you have to do and habits that make it easier but sometimes a book just sort of comes together really easily and really fast on its own and I don't know why that is if I did I maybe would they would have more of them like this you're right right, but, right, um, right. it it just sort of just sort of like flowed out of me and required a little very little editing and I I just had these characters in my head. I actually wow. <laughs> joked with my wow. editor while I was writing Mermaid Inn. Mermaid Inn was a bit of a slog to write to be honest. Um I would I was cheating on Mermaid Inn by writing this next book Paradise Cove. I would sort of like close oh, that's the one so funny. open the next one and like write a half a chapter and then think I, I can't do this. Like the, the Mermaid Inns do, you know, way before this book. So it, this book has been marinating in my mind for a long time. Well, let's talk about The Mermaid Inn because sure. um, I just enjoyed that book so much. Will you give listeners um, uh, an idea about the book? You can give them your elevator pitch, and you know the elevator can be as tall or as short as you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> um, I uh, I always say I'm a better writer than I am, when, than I am a speaker whenever I have to give something um, like an elevator pitch. Writers tend to panic, but it is um, a book about a woman who spent her childhood summers with her great aunt in a small beach town in Canada, and her aunt owned an inn called the Mermaid Inn, and um, she hasn't been 
back to the town for 10 years when her aunt dies and she inher- unexpectedly inherits the inn. So she's drawn back to this town um, to deal with this inn. She doesn't want to be in this town because she got her heart broken there 10 years ago and the breaker is, still lives there. So um, uh-huh. I started uh-huh. I started with just the kernel of an of an idea uh, like I my books I try to make my books funny so I like the idea of a um, woman sort of overwhelmed by inheriting this sort of bonkers inn it's very it's full of kitsch and mermaid schlock and being overwhelmed with <laughs> what to do about it at the same time that she's sort of faced with this onslaught of emotional junk that she thought she had gotten away from. And enter the police chief heartbreaker, right. who Correct. who who still is in love and hasn't been able to forget her. So it's a fun story. I loved it when she opens the doors and looks inside, and it looks like every tchotchke known to man that had anything to do with a mermaid is there, and right. that she is trying so hard to to decide what to keep and what not to keep. And some of the ugliest mermaids I've ever heard described are in this book. I have to tell you, I I have a few mermaids myself. I have um, (laughs) one made of shells that someone gave me. It's on my bedroom wall. I have another one that I bought at an art show. I, I live near the beach also, and I'm always fascinated by all things mermaids. And it may have been uh, Tom Hanks, you know, mm-hmm. and what's her name, uh, Daryl Hannah, Darryl that Hannah. that yeah, that made me kind of feel like that. But this was a fun read. Um, I have to, I went and reviewed it. I gave it five stars because I really like this book a lot, and um, and I'm looking forward to, and I already pre-ordered um, uh, Paradise Cove too because if it's along the same line. And uh, by the way, are any of the characters from Mermaid Inn going to be in Paradise Cove? Yes. Um, Paradise Cove is Jake's book. Jake is the sort of silent, um, grumpy guy. And the heroine of Paradise Cove we have not met yet. She will be moving to town. Okay. And then book three is um, called Sandcastle Beach, and that is about Law, the bartender, and Maya, the theater director, who appear to hate each other. They're always Very good. Each other. Now, do you usually stick to three books in a series, or do you sometimes write more? Um, I have done. I have done it all. I've done two. I've done three. I've done four. I've done five. So I don't, I don't really? think I have a. I don't think I have a standard length that I adhere to. I do get. I do get tired of a of a universe after four or five books. Right. Do you write your books in order of in the series, or will you go back to another series and write, like, between Mermaid Inn and Paradise Cove? Would you have slipped another book in there from another one of the series? Um, no, only because that's not really the way traditional publishing works. Like, if I was doing more – I've done some indie publishing. If I was doing more of that, I might, but – Mostly, you are working on a series that's been bought already. I see. So, I see. Um, you know, they bought the three books in this in this series. So I I couldn't. I mean, I could go back and write another bridesmaids book, but 
it wouldn't be, you know, there wouldn't be anybody to publish it, I guess is what I'm saying. I see. I see. Okay. I gotcha. Um, your publisher is forever, and um, I really enjoyed talking to your publicist, by the way. She's very lovely. Oh, she's wonderful, yes. Yeah, she really is. And I, I like that that um, imprint, too. There are a lot, they have a lot of really fun books. Will you please tell everyone where they can find you on the web and in social media? Yes. Um, my website is JennyHoliday.com. Um, social media. I am um, on Twitter a lot at at Jenny Holly, J E N N Y H O L I. Um, I'm on Instagram less than Twitter, but a fair amount. And my handle there, just to make things difficult, does not match my Twitter handle, but it's, <laughs> it's Holy Moly Jenny Holly. Um, I am not really on Facebook other than I have a reader group with a couple other rom-com writers called Northern Heat. It's it's Canadian rom-com writers. So if you go to Facebook and search for Northern Heat, you will find us and you're welcome to join us. And that's pretty much it. And you are in BookBub. So um, if you're not familiar folks with BookBub, it's great and it will email you daily free books or, or books that are on sale or as Jenny calls them cheap books, um, cheap book deals uh, in your preferred genre. So you can follow your author friends and favorites there, and you can also follow on Amazon. So I think that's really important to know. Um, How often do you blog? Almost never. (laughs) I used to back in the day, but I... Because you're too busy writing, yeah. Yeah, and I also, I kind of think that um, for me, the rise of social media has sort of inversely related to the decline of my blog. I guess, I guess I, I get more, I have a bigger audience on social media than I ever would have people coming to my blog. Well, you know what? You're probably right about that. Something to think about. I, I never thought, I never kind of figured that out. I don't blog at all. So um, I'm too busy arranging shows, which is a lot more fun. Right. And I'm not a writer either. So, you know, I'm lucky if I can get out the front door with my shirt inside out or right side in, you know, it's uh, just, I'm not a, I'm not a big writer for sure. I have to spell check my text. That's how bad I am. So ladies and gentlemen, I have been speaking to the delightful Jenny Holiday. Her new book is Mermaid Inn. The next one is due to be released in July, you said, and that July is called Paradise 28th. Cove. July 28th. You can pre-order it now. It's only $6.99 on Kindle, and um, it's got a really cute cover. You'll recognize the covers as being in a connected series, but by all means, please go to her website at Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, holiday.com and look at what she has to say it's a really interesting page jenny holiday thank you so much for spending your time with me i so appreciate it It and uh, now your son by the way is he an aspiring writer also or is he too young to know oh he no he's not an aspiring writer but you know he's he, he his last list was like uh astronomer ninja I can't even remember. You know, he had five or six things. There you on go. It. Well, there you go. He yeah. can try all of them if he wishes. You yeah. know, knock yourself out, boy. You'll wait till you hit wait till you hit the teens, and then you realize, no, you just want to be like a rock and roll star. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Singer was actually on the list. Mm, I was too. Yep. Oh boy. 
Jenny Holiday, thank you for visiting with me today, and good luck with the sale of your book. I can't wait for Paradise Cove. I've pre-ordered it, so I'll look forward to that one, too. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you, listeners, for being with me, and thank you, Mama.